When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Thursday, June the 18th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got some things that we have got to talk about today. Good gracious. Let me turn down the marching band in the back here. Uh, You can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. Uh, Make sure you are subscribed on all of the different locations here. Uh, We, I mean, we're everywhere. We are all over the place. Um, Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast apps. Make sure you are subscribed on the podcast apps. Uh, of course, Apple Podcast being the biggest one. Make sure you leave a nice five-star review over there. We would definitely appreciate that. Uh, let me flip that. There we go. All right, so um, let's dive into this stuff. We're, we're going to go ahead and get in here early. The the report that came out earlier today, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that football teams would need to emulate plans by the NBA and MLS for a bubble format or consider not playing in 2020 because of the pandemic. Now, it let, here's, here's a little background on him. For those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock for however long, Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a key member of the White House Task Force on the virus, he told CNN that football players would need to be isolated from others and tested regularly. He said, unless players are essentially in a bubble, insulated from the community, and they are tested nearly every day, it would be very hard to see how football is able to be played this fall. If there is a second wave, which is certainly a possibility and which would be complicated, Uh, by the predictable flu season, football may not happen this year. Now, I think that it is time. Now, I'm not disagreeing with anything that he is saying. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not whatever. But I think they need to, to toss up a different voice at this point because of all of the back and forth 
every side of an argument that he has been on. It, I don't know whether to trust this guy anymore. Like, am, am I nuts for this? You Help me out here. What are your thoughts on this when you heard it? Uh, I, I don't, so I don't, it's not that I don't trust him. I think he's a trustworthy person, and I think that he's an honorable person, and, and he's doing the best he can. I think he gets new information all the time, which changes his opinion. And, and I think that's important for a person to be is somebody who can change their mind when they get new information, okay? I, I think that is important. I also believe that this is one person's who is a, a very large voice in the room. Very educated, very knowledgeable. Yes, he has become like, the face of, of this pandemic. That's his voice, and the 32 owners are not going to see that. And, and, and there's I wonder, no way on earth that in the NFL, now I don't know how colleges deal with this stuff, okay? College campuses are way different. But in a league that is ruled by 32 men, I they they are going to do what they see fit. Yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely. This now, is a recommendation. Recommendation has been duly noted. That could change between now and September or October or August or whenever because we know that new information is constantly coming up and this thing is continuously evolving. That's fine. Right now, today, he feels that way. I thought I brought this up the other day, how when we talked about baseball and his, his thoughts on baseball, and he says baseball season has to be done by October or else they might as well not have a season. And I thought, well, if baseball season has to be done by October – what the hell are we doing with football and basketball? Why Why does he single out baseball? I found that to be very interesting. Well, now he's addressed football. He, he works as if basketball season, because it's going to start soon, won't be affected in October. Basketball season's going to start in October, which they might push the start date back. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, but they're, they're going to be push a back whole to... year. It's not going to be six months. It'll be December. They'll start in October. They'll start in November. They'll start in December. And all of this stuff is the exact same. Yeah. So my, my thought is, is I do think he's respected. I think he's fine. I don't know anybody else's voice in the room is going to be different, Gary, because I they're all right. pulling from bad information. I have already made up my mind that nobody even has good information because the people, the originators of the information are falsely documenting the information for financial reasons. Yeah. And, and it, because of the way we've done things, they are incentivized to. I don't even blame them for doing it. It's, hey, Michael jumps in on the chat. I didn't know that the chat was working today. I was about to say, I, we worked on the impression we weren't going to have a chat today but, because... It, well, Restream has been having problems. Uh, it but, was, yeah, we got we got notifications that it was down. Yeah, but uh, but Twitch apparently is working. Michael said, uh, what's up, fellas? Uh, he said, Fauci is back at it again. Uh, I'm sick of hearing him. And, and no, I'm not hating on. Listen, I, I, listen. We might I'm not be sick hating. of hearing him. I'm fine with that. I don't care. It, it, I'm, not, I'm not hating on him. I genuinely believe he's trying to do the best he can with the information he has. Well, here's, but we have set ourselves up for getting bad information. Here's my issue with with having Fauci come out and deliver something like this. Right? Um, you've got the situation back early in this where he was telling people not to wear masks, and then he told them to wear masks. And his reasoning was that there was a shortage of masks, so he told people not to worry about wearing them, right? Sure. Like, that. that's a little, eh. I, I feel weird about that. Then he's got uh, where he was telling people to, uh, that we need to reopen, but he was also telling people within the same week that we need to stay closed. Uh, just a ton of back and forth that, 
you know, and I understand being able to walk back on something when you get new information. I get that. But I think that it kind of drives the general public insane, and you need somebody else that is a respected voice. Now, Fauci is, is famous, like mega famous at this point because of this. Herein lies the problem, Gary. Define respected voice. That's... Because everybody's got the left is going to find their respective voice and the right is going to find their respective voice. And the one thing that we all thought before this whole thing started was Fauci was not a leftist or a rightist and he was just a scientist and a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe he's, he's talking to too many news sources. Like he's, that's just my premise on it. It could be a thing where he's always placating to his audience. Yeah, I, I think that maybe he just needs to sit back and not give out so much information. Well, we haven't heard from him in a while. It's not it's oh, not no, as he's, if he's given a tons of information. He's still been talking, but it's just not been sports related. So it's it's different stuff. But uh yeah, like he 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 did say that we needed to I mean it was just a couple of weeks ago that he was saying that we need to reopen schools. You know, that was a couple, but that's a couple of weeks ago. We went from him talking every day to now he talks, you know, every week and a half, every 10 days we hear from him. Yeah. He, he said yesterday that he had not spoken to Donald Trump in two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, is what it is. Uh, Michael says, uh, I can't read what he said. Hold on. I'll see if I can pull it up, but he, he's got a long one on there and, it's a small thing. My my restream connection uh, is not working, so I don't know what's going on there. But uh, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get. I don't, I don't know what this means for 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 colleges though. The, the colleges, the presidents, and universities are going to listen to things differently than the NFL is, and that could yeah. greatly affect college athletics. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, Michael, here we go. Said. Doctors are always going to be overly cautious to cover their ass. Their recommendations are rarely realistic. How often does a doctor say after surgery you can't go back to work for six months when in reality people have bills to pay and have to go back ASAP? Well, how to to tackle this one. Um, The truth be told, you know, yes, I think a doctor would, would need to tell you six months. And that is definitely cover their ass kind of stuff, but... I think, like, they're giving you the the most uh, real information that they can. Like, hey, it would be best for you to stay off your feet for however long, right? So in this instance, he's saying it would be best for you to test every day and to kind of seclude yourself away from everybody else, right? And, yes, obviously that makes sense in this situation, but... I mean, how how realistic is it? Like, I think that's I think that's what Michael was saying. It's not realistic. So, yeah, I'm uh, I don't know. I'm I'm tired of it, but I also understand it. And and then we'll just see. I mean, at this point, it's a it's a crapshoot. So, I'll uh, I'll take my chances though. I I think we're gonna have football. I think everything's gonna be uh, just fine. We're gonna have COVID cases. We're gonna have all of that. It's it's gonna be weird, but we're gonna have football. And that's all I'm looking forward to. That's what I want, and I think we're going to get it. Uh, With that said, let's talk about the future for a little bit. Alabama and Ohio State 
have scheduled a home-and-home home for 2027 and 2028. It is the first non-neutral site matchup between these two. Uh, the rest have all been bowl games. And a regular season matchup between these two, pretty big deal. And this continues a trend of big-time colleges scheduling games against each other. Now, Alabama has got a ton of them coming up. Um, and then LSU as well. Alabama's got USC this come or this season, Miami next year, then they've got at Texas, Texas at home the next year, at Wisconsin, Wisconsin at home, along with at Florida State in 2025, at West Virginia and Florida State in 2026, West Virginia at Ohio State in 2027, 2028 they got at Notre Dame and Ohio State, and on and on and on. They got Oklahoma, they got Virginia Tech later on down the line, Arizona, LSU. In that same season, on the same date that Alabama goes to Ohio State, LSU signed a contract with Oklahoma back in 2005, and they are not playing the game until 2027. And that one will be at Oklahoma. So LSU at Oklahoma, Alabama at Ohio State in 2027. Uh, Georgia has got a bunch coming up. Like, LSU's got a home-and-home against Clemson that's coming up. Uh, They've got a home-and-home with, let's see, UCLA. They've got uh, two games against Florida State that are going to be in neutral sites in 2022 and 2023. Uh, Georgia has got home-and-homes with Clemson, with Texas, with Ohio State, with Oklahoma. I mean, all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, big-time athletics. Hey, interesting uh, matchup that's coming up next season, by the way. Did you know Auburn has a home-and-home with Penn State next year and the year after? I didn't know that. Fun matchup. Really fun matchup. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of big-time games, and I think you can point this to the idea that the college football playoff is going to expand. Like, these teams would not be scheduling these games uh, if they did not believe. what The main reason is you need fans to want a reason to come to the games, right? Like, it, sitting at home, like you and I understand this maybe better than, than most people, a good HD TV and your recliner is the perfect setup for a college football Saturday. Yep. You don't need There's to go too to many games. games. There's too many games. Yeah. And if one game is a, just a terrible game and you went to it and you're stuck there and then the best game of the of the of the weekend maybe of the year is going on on another channel and you're sitting in a stadium and all you're doing is getting texts from other people watching it talking about how awesome it is. It's a, it's a terrible feeling. Yes. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, so it's after Nick is done. Yeah, more than likely. Well, that was my thought. Okay, so my question is this. You believe that Saban will be retired by then. I think Saban will be retired by then. Will Ryan Day still be there? Will either that's, of these coaches still be there? That's an interesting question. I, I think Ryan Day, like if he wants to be, I think he will be there because I think he is a fantastic head coach. Um, I do too, but, he's that, super but young. will he be there? Because they, it's not like they've had many coaches last 10 years. This is true. Uh, I mean, Woody lasted for a while. Trestle well, yeah, lasted was, for a come while. Come on now. We got to stop bringing up 50 years ago shit. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. Go through like the last 15 years. Well, Trestle lasted for, like, Urban lasted, uh, what, eight years? Trestle Seven did years? not last that long, I don't think. Trestle was there from 01 to, I don't know, maybe it was just, it was like a decade. Um, but that's, that ain't great. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we we need we need Ryan Day the last ten years. I think Ryan Day is young, and I think 
if his offense continues to be as awesome as it was last year, I think he could end up being an NFL coach. But I, I mean, too. this is why this is why I brought that up. Jim Tressel was there for nine years. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, Rondé's been there for two, so we will need him to be there for ten years for this to happen. I'm gonna say yeah. College I, coaches just don't last that long in a lot of places. No, you're right. Uh, I Deca- think a decade's a long time in the college football world. I think he will be. Because they are the top of the class in the Big Ten. Like, Nick Saban has been at Alabama since 2007. So, 13 seasons. I I think Ryan Day will be there as long as he wants to be. And I think that we he gotta will. Hope, we got to hope that a couple of things need to happen. First, he's got to stay out of trouble because Ohio State is one school that will fire you for trouble. Yeah. They fired Jim Trestle for what seems to be a pretty minor thing. Now, the NCAA um, made it a major thing, but it, it was. But that's ridiculous, yeah. and they should go shove it. Um, the Urban Meyer thing, it, yeah, he retired, but that's because the we, relationship. Yeah, we, we, we think there was a whole lot of shoehorn in that retirement. Um, yeah. And 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 you, you got, so let's say everybody starts getting paid. Let's say the name, image, likeness thing comes to light, and now – Everybody in the Big Ten is able to start paying folks. Is now Ohio State able to dominate recruiting? Because I do believe Ohio State recruits differently than everyone else in the Big Ten. Uh, yes. You I mean, know what I mean by that? Yeah. I think they got mega wallets, and the other folks have just okay wallets. Ohio State is is SEC North. Yes. Is, is what they are. Um, yes. and, and they are the preeminent university up there. Like at the, the preeminent college football program, let's say that. Uh, yes, and of course, but, but that is that is because their budget is so much bigger than everyone else's in the recruiting world. Yes, it is. Yes, it so is. My question is: is when all of those things become level playing field, if that happens, hey, the Brown Yeti said, "Don't get beat by Michigan, and he'll be there." Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's everybody. Uh, Michael said, "Texas having hey, this is a, a little different topic. We can go on and, and jump on this one." Um, he said Texas uh, had 13 players test positive for COVID after voluntary workouts. Do you think it affects anything? I think Schefter reported it. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. You're you're going to have some schools that have you know up to 20. You're going to have you know all kind of different stuff. I mean, they've been going out doing these marches and protests and and everything. The biggest thing is it doesn't really affect younger. Healthy. They need to, they need to isolate themselves. They need to be monitored and watched to make sure it doesn't develop into anything dangerous. And then after 14 days, get back out there and mix it back up. You got it. This you is not it. right. Like I'm not a scientist. I don't know how to fix it, but we have enough information as to what happens. Yeah. Okay. You test positive for it, lock them away, watch them, monitor them. And when they're clear, put them back to work. Like this is not, It's not that complicated of a situation. And and then they have found out that if you have the antibodies, you don't catch it as easily the second go round. Yeah, we we think the body fights it off pretty good. So at that point, for fact, but but this is just one of those things where until it becomes dangerous, then that's when we worry. Yeah, like we're we're not worried about it right now. Crazy dangerous. It was insanely dangerous, and now for some reason that I don't know how to explain. It's not killing people the way it was. Well, no, because it's now we're keeping it out of nursing homes and whatever else. Um, it's just the the fact of the matter. 
You know, at, at first, like at Florida is a good example of this. Uh, in the state, their median age of a person that caught COVID-19 to start with in that first month was like 70, like late 70s. And now the median age of somebody that catches it is 37. Yeah. Like that's a big difference as to why there's so many less uh, or so so few hospitalizations and so few deaths, right? Yeah. So the healthier you are, the younger you are, the more you are able to fight this disease. So, yeah, it's just like anything. It's just any other sickness. Not just any other, but you get the point. Uh, Michael said, um, I just worry about people being behind desks, panicking and canceling things when they see numbers like this, and we know it's going away, so let's not get gun shy. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. it's not going away. That's what I worry about with colleges. Because there's a there's enough people sitting behind desk that 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 would placate to fear or not be willing to take chances or anything of that nature, and and I get it and I understand it. I think pro sports are going to find a way to go forward. Yes, well, everybody but baseball, but that has nothing to do with COVID. That is two perpetual children with their heads up their asses. Yes, and and I was trying to stay away from that for today. That's fine. Um, but we, we'll dive back into it before the weekend because I'm sure we'll have something else come out because God well, I mean, there's it. nothing to get into. We don't, are we don't, talk, like I said, call me when they settle. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe never. Uh, like I know the, the MLB PA like tossed in 70 games, like they recounted with them or whatever, but I don't know. Anyway, let's, uh, let's dive into this next one here. The bowl series, the bowl season is going to see a new game. And I'm kind of excited about it. The Belk Bowl is no more. The game that's in Charlotte every year pits an ACC team against the SEC team. It is not the Belk Bowl anymore. As of today, it is officially the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Now, what was your thoughts when you first saw this today? I threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> not a not a big Mayo fan? <laughs> no. No, See, I like listen, Mayo. Dan gonna... Wetzel and I could be tied at the hip on this one. Okay, Big Mayo is pow- more powerful than people give them credit. I don't know when the hell somebody thought it was just appropriate to smear mayonnaise over every damn sandwich. Not I'll put it on every sandwich, but yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. But I enjoy it on like a, you know, a good turkey sandwich or something like that. I'll put it on a hamburger here and there. Um, but yeah. I, I see where you're coming from because some people go way crazy with it. Uh, it says the Duke's Mayo Classic will uh, will feature Notre Dame against Wake Forest on September 26th this year. So they've they've got the neutral site game that they they typically do. Um, remember they had North Carolina and South Carolina last year, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, this is uh, they're changing up the teams that are going to be in it. We talked about this way back in, I think, February. Uh, it is going to be the ACC, uh, or it, it will be a matchup between teams from the ACC and the Big Ten this year. Next year will be the SEC, and then it rotates Big Ten SEC against an ACC team every year going forward. Uh, and I think that contract is eight years or something like that. But, yeah, we've got the uh, we got the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. It's, uh, it's a little strange. So with that, I wanted to bring up some other weird bowl names uh, that Jason Kirk talked about today on his Twitter. And 
I'll go on and read you the list, and, and you can stop me and comment when you want to. Uh, number one was the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Now that's gone also, right? Yep. Yeah, that's gone. Uh, the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, which I think I don't know is still, what that is. I think it's still going. The Bahamas Bowl was like. No, I know the Bahamas Bowl is. Uh, what is Makers Wanted? That's a, a town in Indiana, I want to say. So hang on. A town in Indiana? Yes. Bowl, a bowl game. In the Bahamas. The Bahamas. Their <laughs> taxpayers were okay with this? Yeah. Really weird. Are we sure they're okay with this, or they just do it and just say screw them because that's what a lot of government officials do? You got me. I don't know, but Makers Wanted is a town. I think it's in India. It might be Illinois. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it's it's a town. I'm gonna need Leslie Nope on that. It was a <laughs> uh, number three, the the Poolin Weed Eater Independence Bowl, which is no longer, but uh. All the, all the yard equipment is getting bounced. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, but the hey, the weed whacker bowl is what we used to call it, and yeah, I mean that's still such a fantastic name. We used to make so much fun of the Independence Bowl. Uh, number four, the Magic Jack Beefo Brady's Bitcoin Bowl, that was down in Florida. Those were um, all the different things. It wasn't ever called that at once, right? No, no, it was it was yeah, it was the Magic Jack Bowl, then it was the Beefo Brady's Bowl, then it was the Bitcoin Bowl. Has anything ever came into popularity and went out of popularity as quick as the Magic Jack did? No, I don't think so. I mean that 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 lasted what about six months? I mean, I I, I remember seeing a commercial for it and then wondering, <laughs> you're using the internet to like hook up an old school wall mounted telephone. Okay, yeah. that's that's not going to work in the world in which I live in, but. Knock yourself out, Granny. Yep. Magic Jack VoIP phone service. And they are still, you can still buy stuff from them. <laughs> Jesus. That Old is unbelievable. Galore. Uh, just... uh, so that, that number four there was actually four, five, and six. Number seven is the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that did not last long. Um, do you even remember what Battle Frog is? Uh. It sounds like a sun uh, sunblock. I don't think that's it. Okay, then I don't know. I don't think that's it. I think Battle Frog. I'm trying to Google here. Yeah, it's Battle Frog was. Uh, well, you know what? I don't know what Battle Frog is. Oh, I, I, I want to say it was like a, like you the the tough man contest or whatever. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's some type of Iron Man type competition. That is some it's kind a of television weird. show. One season lasted three episodes. <laughs> the Battle Frog series in 2015, and then in 2016 they canceled all their races. So I guess they thought it would take off, but it did not. Uh, number eight was the Duck Commander Independence Bowl. Yeah, that's uh, back when Duck Dynasty was going on, right? Yep, it's good Shreveport, folks. Oh yeah, the local local people. Hey, this one is still going. Uh, the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Interesting. That's a yogurt. Pretty good. I've tried it. Uh, number ten Boca is the Raton yogurt. That sounds about right. Yeah, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I can get down with it. And then finally, number 11, they've got Duke's Mayo Bowl. 
And then he said, also, mayo sucks, and I'm glad it is supplanted. Vanilla is the official food metaphor for boring. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I love this stuff. Disgusting. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's uh let's jump off of that one. Now, yesterday we went back into well, no, I guess we went into the future. And then we came back into real life. And now we're going back into the future again. So let's discuss the SEC East coaches in five years from now. 2025, what will the SEC Eastern Division coaches look like? Um, And we'll start off with Florida. Uh, You want me to go ahead and start? Yeah. This is a very pivotal year, a lot of people say, for Dan Mullen. Right? If he doesn't get it done this year, when is he going to get it done? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, look, they—I mean—they won eleven games last year. I was they, supposed to say, anybody says that is an idiot. I, I don't think it is that important that you beat Georgia this season. He's going into his third year. He took a team that was four and eight and won ten games with them in his first season. So and won eleven the next year. Yes. Get you think it's your God-given birthright to win ten games every year? It's not going to work out well for you. I think Mullen is going to be just fine. I think he's going to stay at Florida. I think that is a destination kind of gig for him. I think in five years, he will still be there competing for SEC East championships and probably national championships. What, I completely agree with that, 100%. I, I like making fun of Dan because he is goofy and funny and weird, but I make fun of him because I like him. I do I do like him a lot. That's hey, I. I completely forgot. Uh, let's see. The Brown Yeti said, uh, no, Matt Matt jumped in. YouTube is working now. I don't know what the hell's going on with this chat. Uh, he said, there's a difference between catching and dying. Asymptomatic people are not dying. Uh, the Brown Yeti asked if it was still ACC versus SEC. Michael said, Mayo over Miracle Whip. Yeah, I can agree with that. And oh. Brown, Brown Yeti said, uh, WCE Murder Hornets Bowl. I think we can pull it together. And Matt said, I agree with the Murder Hornets Bowl. Yeah. Listen. I got $200 right now. I'll buy one of those bowls. I can get down with it. I can get down with it. All right. So, we went through Dan Mullen. Let's jump into Georgia. I think Kirby Smart will still be the coach at Georgia in five years. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he may go through a couple more offensive coordinators between now and then. But the way that he is building that thing, I don't think there's any reason for him to go anywhere. That doesn't make any sense. Hang on. You think they're going to have more talent in the future than they've had in the past two to three years? 
No, I think they'll continue that's to not get that. possible for them to have more talent than they've had the last three or four years. I'm not sure what I said to make you think that you said I was, he's the way he's building that thing as if it not already built. Well, they haven't won a title yet, so they're, they're well, no, still, that, and you know why they haven't won a title because Kirby Smart is their head coach. You have the lead that you had. They had in the national championship game against Alabama. You a good coach, a great coach doesn't lose that game. Okay. Yeah. In in the uh uh the playoff game in which you had to face Alabama and you make the bumbling mistakes while you're dominating them once again for the first half, a great coach doesn't make he lost those games. Those players didn't lose those games, the other coaches didn't lose those games. He makes decisions that cost his team games, and he will every game. He's going to do it every game. So where do you think he will be in five years? I think, I don't know, but he will be fired. Because at some point in time, the talent is not going to win 10 games a year, and they are going to see how much they are spending. They are going to see what they are getting for it. And every time he got close, he cocked it up. I mean, I can't really argue with you. Um, and I don't. I don't foresee that. I think Florida is getting better. I think Tennessee is getting better. Okay, so at some point in time, they're gonna finish in five years. At some point in time, they're gonna finish third in that division. And when that happens, that will not go over well. I mean, they they, they let Mark Richt. Well, but they weren't putting as much into the program, I guess. Eh. Not, not not close to the amount in the program. Also, Mark Richt was an exceptional human being. I do not believe Kirby to be that. Yeah, you might have a point. Okay, okay. I, I see where you're now, coming from. Now, these are a lot of my biases of just not liking him coming out, and I just don't see how he recruits the way he recruits outside of the fact that I understand that a large sums of money is involved. I, I just – there's no way that guy could walk into my, my living room and convince me to want to go play for him. I, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. My thought process is he, they will never be bad enough that he will be fired within the next five years. Oh, um, come come in third two years in a row in the East and and see if they don't throw his ass to the curb. I mean, we'll we'll see. Call Les Miles and ask what happens when you come in third one time, one time. He came in third multiple times, didn't he? Not not once they got to the national championship level. I mean, I guess he won a title, made it back to a title. Never really came in third. Always either beat Bama or, uh, uh, well, never really Bama, but consistently beat Auburn. Yeah. And if they didn't beat Auburn, Auburn lost to somebody else a couple of times where it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got a point. Come, come, come in third two years in a row and see what happens. I think uh, I think Kirby will still be there. You obviously disagree, and not. that is okay. Um, let's jump on to Kentucky. Mark Stoops. He's already been there for, what, seven seasons now? Six seasons? Yep, for a while. Uh, a good little while. I I believe that he is going to get a bigger job somewhere yeah. else. I 100%. don't know what. Somebody's calling him. You know, I, I think had he been offered Florida State, had the timing been right, I think he would have taken that gig. Um, but I think there's a multitude of jobs that are that are bigger than Kentucky that he will probably go to eventually. Yep. so that he will have a shot at winning a championship. I think that is I, important. I believe we're going to see a lot of changeover in the ACC over the next year or two, and I think he's going to be on – being on that side of the SEC, 
Um, and in Kentucky, I think there are a lot of ACC schools that know him well, know his resume well, and and will be calling him. And they now they're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him a ton. Yeah, but all those schools have money. Yeah, it's it's just because the ACC does not pay like the SEC. I'm just no. You but know. they've got money, well, and, and I think a lot of them are going to start. I think a lot of athletic directors are realizing, you know, three million dollars ain't, ain't going to cut it yeah, anymore. It ain't, it ain't working for us. So, yeah. like, I, I could see. I mean, this may be crazy. Like, Mac Brown could be leaving in a few years. Yeah, he's not. Mac Brown can't can't be can't there forever. Be there so forever. We're talking five years from now. So, yeah. you know, is North Carolina a bigger job than Kentucky? Yes, I yes. think it is. I think well, you get you're in talent. the ACC and you're out of the SEC. That's the biggest thing. Um, let me let me tell you another thing that I could see happening. Um, old Lincoln might not last forever at Oklahoma as soon as the NFL just continues to beat down that door. That's true. And I could see them saying, well, one Stoops was pretty good before. Let's that's, call another one. That's true. Let's call another one. That's a big boy job there. Yes. Yes, it certainly that, that's is. That's a hoss of a job. I know that you don't like to talk about who might take over the job, yeah. uh, but I've got a couple of names. It's just impossible so. to do. I know, we, but it's still fun. I mean, it's impossible to figure out what these teams are going to do in five years. But No, no, it's not. You can definitely predict the the trajectory of an individual. Uh, but okay. To, to predict where they, who's going to take that over, you're talking about there's, there's 49 coaches out in the college football world. There might be a head coach – some quarterbacks coach that's never even put a headset on before that could that end up in five enough. years yeah. could be the next hot shit that, that, you know, Kentucky goes and gets. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Sean Lewis is a name to pay attention to there. Uh, Kent state coach, you know, coached under Dino Babers. Uh, he's got that, uh, that offense down. He knows how to lead teams. Um, I think he'd be a lot of fun at Kentucky. So, I well, say the next coach at Kentucky is going to be whoever the quarterback's coach at Mississippi State is. You think so? I don't know. I don't know who the hell he is, but they're going to go get an air raid guy. That's a, well, and that's what Sean Lewis is. Like, he's, well, okay, he's, but but yeah. you, you're 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 putting a name to it, and I'm just guessing some guy that we've never heard of before. Missouri Eli Drinkwitz. I don't know what to think of this. He's a first time coach or first well first year coach here. Uh, it's only his second year coaching. He went thirteen and one at App State with a team that Scott Satterfield, you know, he took built. over a monster team, yes. and and that's a golden ticket that has paid off pretty well. Yes, that contract is sweet. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know what to make of this guy. I obviously I don't think that Missouri is built as well as App State was last year. Um, like he, we don't know if he can recruit. We don't know if he, you know, he. Obviously, he's been with some great coaches. Uh, he coached under Malzahn for a little. He's from that Malzahn tree. You know, uh, he has gotten it done in places that don't typically get it done before, right? So he he has had success at App State. He's had success at Boise State. Now these are both places that that have built up a winning tradition, but you're still able to get players and still able to uh, kind of dominate in those spots. I don't. I don't know that Missouri is set up the same way as those. Um, if I had, if I had to guess, like I think he will still be there in five years. But is there any real way to know? I yeah. I I think this is too big of a job for him based on his resume. He's just not prepared for SEC. I mean, we we uh, listen. We saw this at you know at Arkansas. 
you, you go get a young guy who who looks awesome and he's done great at a smaller school and dropping balls deep in the SEC. You can do that in the ACC. You can do that in the Big 12. You can do that sometimes sometimes in the Big 10. You can definitely do it in the Pac-12. You, that doesn't work in the SEC. That, that just doesn't work. Not and always. Especially at a school in which they don't put large sums of resources in recruiting. That's the biggest um, thing. In their facilities. Right. You're not getting a, – a, you are bringing – a, a staff with you that is inexperienced in the SEC trying to recruit in a state in which you have no local homegrown talent whatsoever. You're, you're just, you're getting the slums that didn't go to the big 12 and the big 10. That's not going to work in the SEC. I, I think mean, we, this guy is set up for failure. We've seen in the past, like James Franklin came into Vanderbilt, right? Yes. And did magnificent things. He was Maryland's offensive coordinator for years under Ralph Regan came down those here. Are, those are rare things to happen. And that's what I was going to say is it is rare because Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida were all down at the same time. Right. And he was able to take advantage of that. And it, then took, he, it took a very yeah. unique situation. And, and we don't all have all the stars and the moons to align to make that happen. Tennessee's on the rise. Georgia's at the top of the heap. Florida is right there. Um, you know, the, the, your cross rival is is A and M. That is no joke. Well, like, their their cross rival is Arkansas, so that's oh reasonable. Yeah, Missouri. I thought, I thought when them and A and M came in together, they were just cross rivals. No, no, no. It's uh, it's Arkansas and Missouri and A and M and South Carolina. Oh well, then South yeah. Carolina got the short end of that stick. Didn't you got they? that right. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's let's a, rotate Arkansas off and let's get A and M. Thanks. It's there you go. Uh Brown Yeti said, um uh and you're one of the bottom four teams in the SEC. Uh, that definitely hurts. Uh Damian Estrada jumped in. He said, uh uh, what about Mike Singletary coaching in the SEC since nobody wants to hire him in the NFL? Uh, Can he recruit? Yeah, and, and not really a lot of ties down there, you know. Matt Miller jumped in, hiring a coach from a place that just got their uh got their coach poached is never good because he inherited the previous coach's success and players. Yeah, that's – we were all surprised at the drinking If time. he was at App State two years and ran it back twice, I would feel a lot better about this. But, man, it's – look, I, I could be wrong. He could be the second coming of Scott Satterfield, and and we just all are wrong. That's fine. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong, but I'm going to take my chances with this ain't going to work out. Yeah, I can, I can understand it. I can understand it. Um, let's go ahead and dive into South Carolina. Um, I, I think Muschamp will probably be gone uh, very soon, really. I just I don't think he can get that offensive side of the ball fixed. Uh, when you are playing Georgia, Florida, and Clemson every year, and Texas yeah, A&M. Yeah, yeah. Every year. Jesus, and, how did I not realize that? I paid yeah, close attention to South I mean, Carolina. Those four alone, and you've got Tennessee coming up, and you've still got to play Kentucky every year, and South Carolina has had miserable, miserable success against uh, against Kentucky. Like, you got to be able to win. And I don't think six wins a year. Can anybody win in South Carolina? I mean, Spurrier did, but I don't know if anybody can now because that was another one of those situations where Georgia and Florida were down, you know? Pretty unique situation. And so now that you've got the big wigs back on the up and up and everybody's Spurrier, spending money. Spurrier's only real – Tip of the cap in that era was dominating Clemson. Yes. I mean, he won five straight, and then Dabo yes. got that thing rolling. 
So he also beat Georgia. Uh, well, they were like every rolling pretty good, and he still went in there and beat them a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, it's look. That's what kept them out of the national championship conversation. I will say this: was South, losses to South Carolina. South Carolina will never again have three straight years where they were ranked in the top ten. That's just not going to happen. No. no. And so, but I, I, still, I think there are expectations there that they should at least be competing. Um, you know, for better bowl games and whatnot. Like if if Muschamp was going eight and four every year, then or or even seven and five. You know, with a few eight and fours, nine and threes thrown in there, like he would be fine. Every They'd four years, you need to fight for ten wins. Yeah, I mean that means that's the bare minimum expectation of most coaches in the SEC. Is every four years you need to you like if Get you're ten wins. an old Miss, if you're a Mississippi State, if you're a if every four years you can give me a beat your rival and 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 a ten win season, almost everybody that's not those top tier teams are will be fine with that. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Never go below six and six, and and beat the rival as much as you can. And every four years, give us a ten win season. We're all okay. I know that you hate this. Uh, I think Will Healy is going to be the next coach of South Carolina. Like I convinced, he's the coach at Charlotte now. He was the coach at Austin P. Uh, young guy, you know. I he I think he's got ties there. I think he will eventually be able to kill it at South Carolina. And by kill it, I'm talking about what we just talked about for, for Muschamp, right? What would be a good expectation? I think Healy would be able to do that. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, so you you think that Muschamp will be gone as well, right? Uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to lean more towards he can make this thing last. It, it, mainly because I think the expectations at South Carolina are changing. I, I mean, think they're might, far enough removed from Spurrier to really believe they're fighting for SEC title games. You might be right. And I think once your expectation changes, then, listen, a lot of it's going to depend on what it's going to cost to fire him. South Carolina is not a rich school. That's true. Now, That's if true. he's on the last year of a deal, then, yeah, I could see him doing that. Or maybe one year. Like, I could see him do that. This is not going to be a situation where he's got three years and they're going to be paying two coaches for three years. That's that's just not going to happen in South Carolina. I don't, they don't have the, the deep – they've got an incredible fan base, but they do not piss money away. No, you uh, you got a, you got a good this point This is a there. team that went winless and brought their coach back. In December, the state reported that South Carolina uh, – Will Will Muschamp allowed them to cut his buyout? That is interesting. I don't know why you would ever do that. Uh, so South Carolina football coach Will Muschamp gave up money to secure a raise for one of his most successful assistants. Uh, it means the game. Dude, that's coach. big, dude. Man, I'll tell you this: I'd keep a guy just for that. Yeah, you got that right. Um, I mean, it's says, called loyalty. That's called trusting yourself. It's called trusting your staff. Let's see. This was this was just. Now, I December. like South Carolina. I'm prone to want good things for them, but at the end of the day, I don't care where that happens at. You've got a head coach that says, "You know what? I'm going to make myself more vulnerable to being fired to make sure these other guys get paid." It means the Gamecocks coach help. will forego raises and his buyout will be cut by several million dollars. Figures released by the school Tuesday, when the board of trustees approved the amendments and Mike Bobo's contract gave running backs coach Thomas Brown a raise from $300,000 to $500,000 a year and had his deal extended through 2021. 
It also took out Muschamp's annual $200,000 raise that was built into his contract. Uh, his salary will settle at $4.4 million a year, and it takes $3 million off the life of the contract. The buyout had been projected to be $15.58 million as of December 1st, 2020. Uh, that sets the new buyout at 13.475 on December 1st, 2020. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got like three or four more years left on his deal. He's yeah. got a while. But just I'm going to tell you, just because he's willing to do stuff like that, and this is not a COVID thing where we got to save money for the school and everybody's hindrancing money. This is I got to take care of my guys. Yeah. This is I'm willing to make myself more vulnerable to make sure these men that work under me are taken care of. That kind of stuff carries a lot of water with me, man. It just always has. I can understand it. I, you know how I felt. I'm very uneasy about the Ed Orgeron hire at LSU. Okay. Very yeah. didn't really know how to feel about it. All right. And then I saw he took a very small deal to start off with. And is the reason he was willing to work for so little is not because he, he didn't think he was qualified to be paid more. It was to make sure his assistant coaches were highly compensated and they didn't lose anybody. And those guys not just didn't lose anybody, but had security in the job that they had. That stuff goes a long way with me, man. You you yeah. got to make sure your people are paid and taken care of because you're only as good as them, okay? Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. Um, so that, so that makes me like Coach Boom a lot more. He's going to be there. Uh, Tennessee. I think this is a no-brainer. I think Jeremy Pruitt will be there. I, In five I, years, Jeremy Pruitt will win, the, will win the East at least once. I can believe it. Yeah. I think he's exactly what they need there. And he'll and he'll continually compete with Florida and Georgia in the next two years for that number one spot in the East. I think this year might be a little early. That's what I said. In the next two years. Oh, in the next two years. Oh, years. I, I thought you were saying in, like for the next two years. No. So. In in two years, the next three of those five, he'll win one and he'll be right there, game half, just like Alabama, Auburn, LSU. Just It'll be a weird ass round robin of who's who's going to get this. And I'll tell you the one nice thing about this: it sucks that Tennessee has to play Alabama every year. But but, but the other two schools in that division, none of them have a lackey. Florida has to play LSU. Georgia has to play Auburn. It, and it's the same in the West. It, at least all three of the big dogs that kind of always compete have a pretty good bite at it. So now I'm a little upset because we got a fourth big dog in A&M that is a sleeping giant, and they in South Carolina. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, no, you're right. But would it be any different if it was Missouri? No, it wouldn't be any different if it was Missouri. It's the same, it's the same concept. Yeah, the same the thing. East has – right now Tennessee is head and shoulders beneath Florida and Georgia, yes. okay, which is why Auburn and LSU fans – have hated things for so long as Alabama gets a gimme W every year from the East and we got to fight like hell for our win. Um, I don't believe that's going to be the same forever. I, I don't I think, think so Pruitt's got those things going. You know how I feel about him. I, I, I don't like him as a dude at all. I think this guy is an asshole and a prick, but I do think he can coach. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. I, I think Pruitt is a fantastic recruiter, uh, a fantastic coach, a fantastic leader. So I think he's gonna be he's gonna be just fine. He'll be there in five years. Uh, Vanderbilt. 
I think Derek Mason could be gone as soon as it probably won't be this year because of all the, you know, the pandemic situation and whatnot. Um, But I I think the first chance they get, he's probably gone. I Uh, think last year he's gone if he doesn't pull off that monster win. What what monster win was that? Oh, what was it? Oh, God dang it. He gave like that awesome speech where everybody was just like, holy shit, Derek Mason's back. Oh, it was was uh, uh, Missouri. I'm the I'm the coach of this school. I'm the best man for this job. I mean, I was pumped. I, I remember nothing of that game. I watched zero of it. All I caught all all I caught was on Twitter the post game and his fire. And I was like, man, you're firing that guy this year, baby. It was it was Missouri, and it oh, was that uh, was that was after beating Missouri. Yeah, because Missouri had won like five straight games up to that point, and and they ended up winning that. Oh, that's game. right. Yeah, I remember that. They were so, on a roll. And then and then after that, like because. Let's see. They had lost to, they lost to Georgia. They lost to Purdue. They lost to LSU. They barely beat Northern Illinois. They got stomped by Ole Miss. They got beat. I mean, massacred at home by UNLV. Yeah, and then I remember they, the UNLV one was rough. Yeah, and then they turned around the next week and beat Missouri, who had won like yeah. five straight games. Yeah, and it was a pretty great finish, if yeah. I believe, which is why it was as pumped as it was on the sidelines. Yep, that interview. And then the only game that uh, Vanderbilt won for the rest of the season was against East Tennessee State. Yeah. So, yeah. more than likely, like, had we not had all this stuff going on this if Missouri year, doesn't well, – yeah, because COVID didn't happen in December. If if they don't, he doesn't beat Missouri, he's fired before bowl season. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as game 12 is over, here's the papers. Thanks for the work, and we appreciate it. Yep. Um, but I, you're right. I think every coach – for the most part, unless you're a big-time program, everybody's going to get a little bit of leeway, a little bit more room in 2020. Yes, 100%. So I, I think he's probably gone after 2021. Uh, I do too. Name that I would love to see there that I think will uh, will take the job, Tony Elliott, who is the offensive coordinator at Clemson. He's been the co-offensive coordinator of the running backs coach. Um I think he would be a fantastic fit. So let me ask you a question. Do you think Vanderbilt should ever try to get like a triple option type person there? Somebody who runs a gimmick offense that is really hard to compete with week in and week out. So when you only have one week to prepare for Vanderbilt, they could somehow sneak up and and, and beat somebody because they're just never going to be able to line up across the boards and hang with, with the SEC the way – recruiting ACT scores, the, the, the quality of, of student athlete they have to get in there would work. Should they go to the military schools and grab, you know, one of those coaches? Cause that's what I, I would do if I was that athletic director, by the way, I don't think that's a bad idea because um, you, you, here's the thing. Those guys aren't losing to UNLV very often. They're not losing to, to, to East Tennessee. Like, you're going to win those games because you, A, run this weird gimmick offense that nobody's prepared for, and you're equal in talent, if not better in talent, than those schools. But every now and then, you can beat at least one or two big boys that just, for some reason, have just a – you have a great game, and they, in one week, turn around really hard to prepare for, you know, that a kind of matchup. Option. Yeah, And if you can win two conference huh. games and four pay-for-wins – that's bowl eligible. Yeah, I mean, if you get Jeff Munkin in there, you know, 
I mean, and Munkin is a fantastic. I, and player. I think Munkin's more than just that gimmick offense guy. I think he could do more than that. But, but I think but he obviously knows the gimmick like offense. That, yes, bring something like that to the SEC, and and maybe every now and then you trip somebody up. I like that idea. I mean, I really because do. playing a straight up, it's just not working. It's just you're yeah. never gonna do it. Every five or six years, you might get two SEC wins if Ole Miss is down, and that's who your cross rival is. If you know, if Tennessee or Missouri or, or South Carolina or Kentucky ever fall apart, they don't make a good hire after the next hire. You know, and that that's just trying to get bowl eligible, man. Yeah, that's playing right. four scrubs just to get bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah, no, you're uh, you're right. That's what I would do if I was that AD. I like playing AD. If I was the Vanderbilt's athletic director, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, you you understand. I, Monk, and and Monk is the person I was thinking of. A, he's more gifted offensive mind than just running the triple option. I think he could open it up, and I do think there's a lot of local talent you could snag in Nashville and Tennessee. You, you just got to get them into school. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have a lot of people that want to come to school there anyway. Um, That's right. And then if you just teach them this, like if they're not worried about, you know, playing in the NFL or whatever, then, I mean, obviously you will have uh, the ability to be able to teach them something like that. So, yeah, I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, Let's see. I don't see anything that has popped up. Nope, that's um, it. I got nothing. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, well, that will do it for today's show. Uh, as always, go over to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed everywhere that you need to be, uh, all the different live platforms and on the podcast. If you would, share the show out. Leave a nice review over at Apple Podcasts. Uh, and that's going to do it for today. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.